0: As you can tell, we're doing things a little bit different than uh, we normally do. We got a whole host of incredible people up here that are gonna be joining me for the last and final message in our series called Masterclass. And we've been talking about love, sex, relationships, marriage, everything that's in between. And uh, I'm going to get a chance to introduce some of these people to you. Some of you know them. I uh, want to welcome all those joining online. I just got a text just a minute ago. We have people watching from Belgium, South Africa, all over. Come on, that's awesome. So welcome. Glad you're welcome online. Excited to have you here. I don't know how to say it in any other language, but uh, glad you're here. So uh, let's do this. We're going to start over here with, um, with this couple over here to my right. So tell us a little bit of who you are, um, if you have any kids, what you do for a living, just any of that stuff, maybe how you got connected to OSC. Starting here. Let's go. Good morning, OSC. Can you hear? Hey. Is this working? Yeah, it's up.
1: Okay. My name is Stanley, and um, I have three kids. I am new to OSC as far as three years new to OSC. Uh, oh, glad no, to be a, a veteran now. Good. <laughs> glad to be a part of this spiritual family uh, with these pastors. They're great pastors, great family here. Um, as far as what I do, I'm an educator, and I've been ed- in education 15 years, and something that... Oh. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I'm a musician. I sing. I play drums. What? I love cooking.
0: Y'all yeah. no. want to hear no. something? <laughs> I Uh, All right. No, that's good. Let's let's pass it on. Uh,
2: Good morning, OSC. My name is Deidre. I am a nurse practitioner. Um, I've been a nurse practitioner (laughs) for a little over a year now. Um, I have three kids and one grandbaby. And um, what brought me to OSC was, I've been wanting to come to OSC for years, passing by, passing by. So three years, like my boyfriend, Stanley. I've been here for three years. Um, enjoy the service, enjoy the message, and just enjoy interacting with new people.
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, moving on over here.
3: My name is David, and this is my lovely wife, Dana. And we are working on our 40th year anniversary.
4: Oh,
0: yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> we have two children and three wonderful little grand boys. And we've been here 17 years. Uh, Tracy was pregnant for Luke whenever we started coming. And we came here because we, uh, David had met Pastor Bubba at a Bible study and we had gone to slam camp with the youth a couple of times. So we knew a little bit about them. So we love this church. It's been like a second family for us.
0: Awesome. Mm, Awesome. Awesome. All right. Nassif's on the end.
5: Hey, uh, Alyssa and Stephen Nassif here. We have been at OSC for 3 years now and um, started coming uh, after watching the 21 days of prayer so it was very impactful then
0: Tell them where y'all were where you are from and then tell them just a little bit cuz I don't think a lot of people know the story of like, y'all driving and all yeah. that.
5: Okay, so, um, of course, three years ago, three plus years ago in that time frame, uh, Stephen and I were at a very bad place in our marriage, and he got advice from a co-worker that there was this preacher with black framed glasses on Facebook and <laughs> doing things in Jennings, and you know, a and, and a beard, and there was, you know, kind of this movement going, so uh, Stephen did some digging and ended up finding and contacting Pastor Josh, and... Um, we decided, since things weren't working for us at that point in time, that we would try something anything different, uh, just to salvage what we could in our marriage. and um, so we drove down here, planned to drive down here. Kids were sick. I ended up coming with our girls uh, the next Sunday, and knew immediately that as soon as Stephen came, he would fall in love with it too, so. Um, we drove every Sunday from near Alexandria, a hundred miles one way for eight months. Um, so I don't want to hear, I
0: don't want <laughs> to hear anybody's excuses, no excuses.
5: And really just trusted God that this is where we needed to be. So here we are. We now yeah. live here and um. have never felt more at home anywhere else.
6: Mm. Yep. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them how old your your kids are.
5: Uh, We have Emily is nine. So we're fixing to hit the double digits with that one. And Hannah will be seven next month. We've been married for almost 10 years together for 17.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So. So just so you know, kind of how the dynamic of the panel is. So Steve and Alyssa, younger kids, been married 10 years. Uh, David and Dana, 40 years of marriage, have kids out of the house and grandkids. Deidre and Stanley are uh, dating and uh, not married yet. I don't know. Maybe we can make... Okay, anyway, sorry. Right, it's it,
1: it, going to happen.
0: It's going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. Uh, but both, both have, have kids as well. So that's a little bit of the dynamic of the, the panel that we have. So here's the question I'm asking. Okay, we're going to start with a fun question. question is, what is something about you that people wouldn't know? Let's, let's hear something. Stan, we're going to start with you. Yeah, you get to go first.
1: Well, I said earlier, um, I play drums, I sing, I cook, um, Come on. something Man. else. Um, I love sports. You know, I used to be a quarterback. I used to be a cornerback, safety. Played baseball, I pitched, third
0: base. Deidre, I mean, you got the full package. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, I mean, I, I, is that enough not knowing? <laughs> <laughs> Pass the mic, man. Pass the
2: mic. Um, I guess some things that people don't know about me is I'm a big, huge sports fan, especially <laughs> basketball. Um, whenever it's time for basketball, please don't sit by me.
0: So I went to the, La- I went to the Lake Arthur girls' state oh, basketball game with, with Deidra, and she was like, are you sure you want to sit over here by me? Because uh, we were both passionate. We were both passionate about it. So it was good. All right. David and Dana, something that people wouldn't know.
3: Do you want me to go? Okay, with well first, first service, I didn't uh, share anything unusual, but I said, well, I have to listen in the Stanley. Um, people may not know I was an all-state defensive back in high school. I had 13 interceptions my senior year. Oh! But, uh, Come on,
0: let's
3: and, I, and, I, and I had the prize, and I had the prize of my life sitting in the stands watching, so. Yeah! That's, uh, that's,
6: up. that's what's up,
3: the
4: first uh, service he shared that y'all probably don't know he doesn't talk much (laughs) but everybody laughed, and i talk a lot um i think the most unique thing about our relationship is the fact that we've known each other since the sixth grade i saw him at the skating rink it's uh the portable skating rink Elsie used to go around putting down skating rinks, and they'd pick them back up. It was in Iota, and I saw him. I fell in love in the sixth grade.
0: And she was waiting for couple skate only.
4: <laughs> I probably couldn't skate because I am not sportish. He can. No, no. So we've known each other a very long
6: time, and it's been great.
0: That's awesome. Good. All right, Nassus, something people don't know.
6: So one thing, well, some people know about it, but um, in high school... We played baseball and stuff and I rode bulls in the rodeo and all that stuff. And that's actually how me and Alyssa met yep. seventeen years ago at the rodeo. At
0: the rodeo. You Aww. saw you saw him riding that bull, you're like, That's my man. That's my man.
5: <laughs> he was the only one wearing a helmet, so I thought he was smart.
6: <laughs> technically <laughs> technically she saw me falling off of the bull. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Go
0: ahead, Alyssa, you're up.
5: (laughs) Okay, so I don't have anything other than this to share, but uh, what a lot of people don't know about me is that um, I was a part of the youth worship team back in the day, back in, even before I met you. I don't, yeah, it was before I met Steven, so I don't even think he knew that I did that. So I was on choir, you know, all-state choir and all that sort of thing throughout school, so. But don't ask me to sing.
0: (laughs) All right. Please don't. You, we're going to transition here. So uh, what we're going to do with the panel is we're going to go back over the last five messages and we're going to kind of now start giving some life applications to each one of those messages and start asking some questions in regards to the messages that we heard. So week one was what is love? We talked about the difference between love and infatuation. So I'm going to direct this to to uh, Stan and Deidre. So here's my first question, talking about love, talking about infatuation, and and those two being very different. And when it comes to dating, when it comes to looking for a spouse, um, oftentimes infatuation, we're very focused on external, the external looks, their character, do they make me laugh? Just kind of some of those things. But we know that love really focuses on the internal. So what would you say when it comes to dating and pursuing a spouse? What character qualities? And what caution flags should I be looking for?
1: Great question. Uh, So character qualities. Does the person love God? Mm -hmm. Where does God fit in that person's life? Do they make time for God? Um, Are they trying to apply God's word to their lives? Mm -hmm. That's important. How do they treat others is another way. Mm -hmm. Um, A red flag could be... um, hot-headedness, um, short-temper, maybe um, if they lie a lot. That's, mm. that's a
0: big mm. one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the Bible speaks about being unequally yoked, so you don't want to link up or yoke with someone who's completely opposite in a negative way from you. Yeah. You know, if you're a godly person or you're at least trying to be godly and you're trying to live out the word of God in your life, and this person, hey, let's
0: go to the club! Mm. Like, mm.
1: Might not be the one for you.
0: (laughs) Is that how Deidre got you? Okay,
1: Okay, see what had happened
0: was,
1: (laughs) it wasn't a club, but, um, okay, this goes back to something everybody didn't know about me. So Deidre and I actually met in college a long time ago. Tell them where you went. Um, I went to Grambling State University. Mm -hmm. I was in the band there, uh, the World Fame Tiger Marching (laughs) Band. Uh, so, you know, we had the privilege of traveling the world and all that great stuff. And um, I met Deidre through a mutual friend, a frat brother of mine at the time. And we just kind of hit it off and things were fine. And then things weren't fine. And then it took us 20 plus years to reconnect. And it's, it's been amazing. And, uh, you know, I hate that we missed 20 years, but I'm just so excited. I'm so happy for her. And I'm looking for the next 50
0: Come on! Whoa. Watch out! Go ahead. <laughs> it's a mic drop. I was like, "Okay, go ahead, DJ. You up? What? Anything? Anything you feel like?" Okay, you good? Okay. All right. So then, let me direct direct it to the married people over here. So, First Corinthians thirteen seven says, "Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It always is hopeful and it endures through every such, uh, circumstance." So, we, one of the things we said was infatuations based on feelings. And love is based off of a commitment. Love is a choice. It's not feelings. It's a choice that we make. So, how does understanding what real, true love is, according to what the Bible says, help you when it comes to those days where you don't have that loving feeling? Whoever wants
6: to, I think for me and Alyssa, uh, I kind of always fall back to the the deciding factor as all of us as people is making the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, you have to recognize that God loves her more than I could ever love her. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, even when it feels like you have the Grand Canyon between you laid in bed to each other, you have a choice to mm-hmm. show your love, mm-hmm. to let let your love be known to her or him or her, or vice versa. and And just... Make the choice to to die to self, mm-hmm. and, and just let 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 God and the Holy Spirit intervene. Yeah. You, know, mm-hmm. you do that, He's gonna He's gonna show His love.
0: Good, awesome, David, Dan.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he shared good the other service mothers. <laughs> um, I think knowing that you're only gonna be complete with God and your spouse is not not, 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 not ever going to complete you. Don't expect them to complete you early in our marriage. If he got mad at me, I would be crushed, but I learned through different teachings that that has nothing to do with me. You know, so we have to get what we need from God, expect everything from God and nothing from our spouse. So I think that that helps.
3: I don't remember what i shared the first service but uh <laughs> i think i think because dana modeled that love towards me from the get-go um and and on top of that i'd made a covenant you know how you make covenants or pacts with yourself in life and words words spoken have power so i think i'm I, the covenant i made was that i was not gonna have a marriage like my parents had they were divorced and I said my marriage is going to be for, forever so with that said I mean I always red flags would go up right away when anything would get out of out of tilter. and I, I just never had that that loss of loving feeling even in even in our greatest arguments because she I knew how much she loved me and I knew the pact that I'd made so I mean I, I stuck with it and it had to be God the grace of God because it wasn't me
0: that's good, that's good. All right, so let's, let's switch gears. Let's talk about week two. We did a, a message called Trust Issues. And one of the things that we talked about was how there is, relationship circumstances often will create a gap. So there's something you expect and then something you experience and sometimes those don't match. What you expect someone to do and what someone actually does, doesn't. And we have the choice on what we put in that gap. And we talked about that oftentimes we can put suspicion in the gap or we can put trust in the gap. So my question is, when that has happened or when that does happen, do you find yourself choosing suspicion first or trust first? And then why do you think that is? This is an open. Anybody can, can share. Go
5: ahead, Alyssa. Okay, I'll go. Um, I think it's easy for us as just our first nature would be to go to suspicion or doubt. And um, just kind of an example we were talking through uh, earlier is of course, f- just in our marriage, there's been betrayals and trust broken um, in an obvious sense due to an affair. But there's also been trust broken emotionally. Uh, there was a point in time, you know, where you can't. Sometimes you feel like you need to express something, but whenever you do, like for me, um, it's either not, it's not taken the right way or it's dismissed or it's devalued or something like that. So emotional trust is a big thing too. You want to be able to trust the person you're with, with your heart, with your feelings. And so, you know, for me, I immediately want to say, I don't need to bring this up because He's not gonna care or he's not gonna see it the way I see it. And um that's a very incorrect way of thinking. Uh because if you don't speak it, if you don't talk about it, then you can't heal from it. Mm -hmm. And um Mm -hmm. that's just been something practical I've had to do in my life is say it quicker versus hold it in and let it build up. And I think just me doing that on my part allows for that trust to be rebuilt.
0: Good. Anybody else? Trust or suspicion? Which one do you choose first? Um,
5: I think for us, we choose trust
2: first because um, we've been in a relationship with each other before and we got separated. So we both went through, I'm not going to say broken marriages, just growing marriages because we both had to go through some things with our marriages in order for us to get to the place that we are today. So now whenever we have issues or problems, the first thing we do is we learn to take a break. Okay? Because we don't want to go into communicating with each other out of anger. We want to be able to understand each other. So once we take that break and we come back, we sit down and we communicate and we discuss, okay, this is what I said. How did you perceive this? You know. So I think for us, that's what makes our relationship so good because we learned through previous relationships, in order for us to be successful in this relationship, we got to first understand and communicate with each other.
0: That's great, that's great. So <clears throat> let, me, let me ask this question. I'm gonna direct it right back to y'all. Um, Cause this was a question that someone submitted that was a single person. They said, I gave my heart to someone and they broke my trust. How do I open my heart to trust again?
1: That's a good one. Um, but it's a very real one. And everyone in here has experienced that on some level. Um, all I can say is that you can, you can pray about it, ask God to come in and and heal your heart. If and when you decide to move forward, it is important that you realize that if something happens that looks like before, that you don't immediately revert back to casting this person Mm. in the same light as the person that Mm -hmm. did the hurt, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's very important. The first time something happens, because people are human, And it may have been something that the person did that they didn't even realize was affecting you the way it's affecting you. And so you can't have the first inclination to just start accusing right away. That's what's happened to me the last time. Or here we go again. Like, maybe not. Like, pump the brakes. Just wait. Be prayerful about it. And then approach the person and talk it out. Don't just automatically cast... This person into the same light as the person that broke your heart or hurt your heart.
0: That's good. That's God heals all wounds. That's a good word. Um, all right, directed to the married people, um, how has trust been broken in y'all's marriage before? And then how were you able to rebuild it? Because that's the big thing that people want to talk about. And I know NASA specifically and y'all's, y'all had some broken trust on both sides. Um, so how did you go about addressing it? And then how did you go about the drop by drop refilling the bucket? That's the trust is lost in buckets, but gained back in drops. How did that happen? And and would you share some more story on that?
6: With us, it was, I mean, we were at the point to where like a marriage, our marriage couldn't get any lower. Absolutely could not get any lower than where it was. It was, it's either going to make it or it's done. And it took, so I have a very strong, like I don't quit um, drive. And we communicated this. So the weird thing is, is amongst the most, the most pain that we've ever experienced in our lives, we knew that something was missing spiritually. Mm-hmm. And um, we went from that to, okay, well, let's, let's, let's try some different churches. And then y'all know the rest of the story with OSC and all that stuff. But I would say probably, um, A, first and foremost is we brought God in the equation. Mm-hmm. At the mm-hmm. time, we didn't know how to do it. Um, all we knew is some something's missing. Mm-hmm. Relationally, something's missing here. Um, but it's okay because God placed people in our lives that, that helped pull us through and fill the gap and helped us learn how to build relationships with the Lord. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of other stuff to the equation as far as having people pour into us and, you know, friendships and stuff, but ultimately it was, it was, it was God. And then getting a relationship with the Holy Spirit and just, relying on that to be the glue to our marriage.
3: Oh, awesome. Have, Go ahead, Elsa. Just
5: a quick thing to add. Um, something that really stuck out to me in that um, sermon was secrecy kills intimacy and it's very true. So what we... What we did for our marriage was we decided that if we're really going to do this God's way, we're going to not have secrets. We're not keeping anything from each other. We're going to talk about everything. Um, he has access to whatever he wants to. Like I don't, where I used to hide my phone and flip it over on the table. Like I, I don't care. Like look, look through everything. So if you know, if anyone's in a situation where, even if it's something innocent um, that could lead to something greater, like talk about it. No matter what you fear, as is going to come up, like, it has to be talked about. Yep. You have to be honest. You have to be transparent. And that's what has put the drops back in the bucket is boundaries, safeguards, transparency, and just talking about everything.
0: That's good. That's good. So let's let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. So week three was about talking, about communicating. And actually, we said that, that that a lot of people do talk, but not a lot of people communicate. Mm-hmm. And that communication is is to relationships what blood is to the body. And, and so we shared five thoughts on communication. And, and I want to I re- remind us what we said. So we said that great communication consists of seeking to understand before trying to be understood, listening before we speak, thinking before we speak, loving before we judge, and prayer changes everything. So here's the question. Which of these do you struggle with the most and how has God helped you improve your communication? So this is, a, this is an open question to anybody. Of uh, those five that we just talked about, which of them do you struggle with the most? And how has God helped you? Anybody want to go? Nobody wants to talk I'll, on this one, huh? Okay, I'll go. Okay, there, um, there we I think,
3: go. I think my, my hang-up was listening before I spoke, but not in the way most people think. I would listen, but I wouldn't speak. I would internalize it, and I would think it through and actually... Have conversations that I thought I, we actually spoke about, but no, keeping <laughs> keeping inside what I was what I was uh, internalizing and, and and not sharing it enough. So, mm. I mean that that uh, that made it hard on Dana because she couldn't read my mind, even though she thinks she can now. But uh,
0: so so you were having conversations with yeah. yourself, well, thinking you were having conversations with her,
3: overthinking and overthinking and not. That. Got it. Not speaking it out. Okay.
4: He'd say, I told you that. No, honey, you did not tell me that. He told it to me in his head. Yeah. (laughs) Mine is thinking before I speak because most women, we're quick to speak. Um, I guess it's because we work off of both sides of our brains. And men think really long, like long forever.
0: (laughs) And women talk long. Yes, we do. (laughs) Like and the
4: problem is, most women it's like
0: opposites, right?
4: Most women think they're right because they spoke first, but that's not usually the case.
0: Whoa. Wait, wait, say that one again. <laughs> there was people taking notes. I just wanted to make sure that they <laughs> heard what you said.
4: Just because, I mean, we we think it quick and we speak it, so we think we're right, but that's not usually the case. We have, should take more time to think, and guys could talk a little faster maybe or quicker (laughs) but one of the studies we did in life group because we've done life groups forever we're just always doing them in the married couple um group um it was about how men are deep thinkers and that women get aggravated at their husbands but you can't that's how they're programmed and that's why men can figure lots of things out that maybe we don't take the time to do so to let your husband think deeply and then the husband's don't take like three weeks to tell them the answer. That's
0: good, that's good counsel.
4: Not that that's ever happened.
0: Right, I mean, I
1: used to struggle with um, love before judging. And like I alluded to earlier, a lot of times when you've been in situations where maybe you felt like you've been taken advantage of or you've been hurt or what have you, you tend to want to believe the negative first. Mm. Um, sometimes love is not the first thing you want to believe because of all the other emotional baggage mm. anybody can relate to that we all have emotional baggage and I had to learn my compass I had to learn um, where, where is my center in this before looking at the situation so that I look at the situation correctly um, and not just out of emotions because emotions are feelings they come and go
4: that's right
1: so why you shouldn't make decisions based on emotions, because what happens when you don't feel that way anymore? Yeah. So, um, so that's the one thing that I struggled with, with regards to those was loving before judge judging um, because of past her past emotional baggage and whatnot. So I had to learn my compass myself.
0: Good, that's so good. Anybody else? All right, so I'm gonna direct this back to the married crew. How do you communicate with a spouse that doesn't want to talk?
6: Well, being the one that usually doesn't want to talk. Uh, now, there's so she can tell when I'm upset about something or when I'm off and I can do the same. Um, but I think for us, it's um, so I tend to be like I'll pull away. I'll distract myself with stuff. And usually she can sense that. Um, most of the time she'll come and just be more affectionate or something like that but the reality is there's some days where I could just say okay well let's go talk to Alyssa
3: mm-hmm.
6: but there's some days where I'll say I don't want to talk to Alyssa about this <laughs> in which I would go and so that's why you know God's placed people in my life that can pour into me and say uh uh-uh. uh I understand go to God, go to Alyssa yeah. they point me back to the source that I, that I could have an issue with mm-hmm. or an offense or, or whatever but um, that has probably been the single one of the biggest things that, as far as us it, our, we're concerned is overcommunication and the fact that we we just don't hold anything in anymore mm-hmm. you know it might not come out immediately but we have people around us that can also sense mm-hmm. just like each other and like hey man what's up you know and, and allowing them to come into our lives and, and to give us good counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, that's been a saving grace to our marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For
0: sure. Forty-year marriage over here?
6: Y'all
3: have So, uh, when my lovely wife doesn't speak, it's serious. Uh, so, but, but I've learned to, oh, give, so much, to give her a little space <laughs> But at the same time, not to give her too much space because I'll tend to just, you know, she'll get over it or, you know, mm. I'll think about it for a long time. But uh, I just slowly work my way back in and, and hug her and, you know, just try to coax it out of her. But, but never f- for a very long period because uh, it's, uh, it's not where we want to be.
4: Mm. Yeah, it's... Um if if your wife is not talking that's usually a pretty good indication that something's pretty seriously wrong but um that's what we want we we want to be pursued and i find that like david would shut down if i got upset he would shut down so as a husband i challenge you always pursue her we just want to be pursued we don't want you to go in the shop and work we want you to come to us and try to get it out of us cuz sometimes we don't even know how it to how for it to come out but if we're Mm -hmm. the two are one so your presence and and your uh gentleness will bring it out
3: Mm,
0: that's so good. good all right transitioning week number four was a was a message called let's talk about sex so this is a question for everyone sex is good but the enemy has polluted it and perverted it in so many different ways we see it on movies and tv and Magazines and music. Um, why is it so important that we understand God's view of sex?
5: Nobody wants to answer. Um, I got, <laughs> so, I think just like with anything in life, how we're called to live in God's ways, like this has to be a part of that. Like, we have to adopt His ways into every part of our life. And um, not just for us and the sake of our marriages, honoring God and that sort of thing. But we we have to be different from the world. Let's be honest here. Mm, mm. We have to be different. We have to set a different example for our kids um, because they're really in danger with the way things are in the world. And so I just think the right perspective of sex within the context of marriage is going to change things.
0: So y'all have younger kids in this process. Do y'all get scared about that at all as you as you as you look at culture or like how are you navigating that with your children? I you know that <laughs> I <don't>
5: know. <laughs> um, Well they have daughters. They have daughters. Yeah, so. we have two girls, so it is scary to think of uh, we don't want to live in fear but we also want to be educated and prepared and make the same You know, for them, whenever I was growing up, it wasn't talked about. And I don't want that to be the same thing. I don't want them to be caught off guard. I don't want them to not have the right information. Um, I want them to see it God's way. You know, I want them to have the correct information and not be polluted. So we're preparing for that. Pray for us.
6: (laughs) So I'll I'll add this with young kids. Um, We are there best examples that they can physically see here on earth Um, if Mm. our example is jesus in the church and how he loves the church and we show that example to them they can see what a good marriage is they can see what an affectionate husband and wife are you know if, if she's cooking and i come back behind her and kiss her on the neck or we just hug or we have one kid that'll be like
2: she stares. She's a stare.
6: <laughs> She's like taking it all in. The other one's closing her eyes. <laughs> and uh, it's cool just kind of seeing their different personalities, but just let, showing them, you know, showing them what a happy husband and wife look like mm-hmm. to where um, when they get that age, they can, they can strive to be that and not, they'll, they can know the value that God's placed on them Yeah. and to know that they had that to look forward to.
0: Yeah. it's yeah,
6: good. It's good. I think
1: it's uh, it's important to know God's view of sex. Um, he invented it, obviously. He made it. Um, but I, I also think it's important because the world wants to shove it down our throats that it can be all of these other things other than what God says it is. And that's very dangerous, especially when we have children, because, unfortunately, we have a lot of young kids with a lot of cell phones and a lot of tablets. Well, Oftentimes, as parents, when we give these kids these cell phones, we're giving them the Internet. We're giving them the world. We're giving them access to things that we normally would not give them access to. And I don't think we really process that. So a lot of times when these kids are curious, and sometimes their friends' voices are louder than our voices. And so if their friends are like, hey, go to this site and you'll see XYZ. XYZ is right there. There are no filters on the phone. Mm-hmm. And... Um, in social media and on TV shows, you know, they're constantly trying to give us these unhealthy pictures of of what sex is or what Mm. sexual relationships are in regard to it being opposite of what God created. God created it for man and woman, but yet on TV, we see man and man more and more. We see woman and woman more and more. And they're even getting to the point where on TV and in sitcoms, they're starting with kids younger and younger. It's not just the adults that are portraying the image of this improper sexual relationship it's younger kids it's teens so if we have kids who are teenagers or preteens this is a very dangerous area to be in and not being able to model like steven and we're saying we have to model what's right for them even if it wasn't modeled for us that's very important and sometimes adults we stand back and we say well it wasn't modeled for me so they'll figure it out well Sometimes we're in situations because we tried to figure it out.
0: Yeah, man, that's so good. That's so good. I, and I want to say this for any people that uh, that are parents in here that have uh, kids or teenagers. Write write this website down: axis.axis.org. It is a, a website for parents to be up on all the latest stuff that teenagers are going through. Um, and they email you every week, resources and stuff, as well as how to, how to know when your kid should have a cell phone, um, how, to, how to navigate TikTok, how to navigate social media, how to have the talk, um, so many great things. We'll share more resources like that, but I know, like you said, this is the truth. You can teach them or someone will teach them, but they are learning. Right. That's, that's, that's it. They're, gonna, they're that's either going to get God's way or they're going to get a different way that's God's. Right. You just prefer to make sure that we do it. God's show them God's. That's
1: very true. Um, I teach fourth grade and uh, it's, it's very evident in fourth grade what they're watching, what they're seeing, what they're trying is very evident in their conversation. And I'm like, you're nine, you're 10. Like it's un it's unreal. So just be mindful that it's out there and it's younger and younger. I just know it's in fourth grade because I teach fourth grade. I'm sure it's going on in third grade as well. So if you have smaller kids, please be aware yeah. that, like Pastor Josh said, if you're not teaching them, someone else is. That's
0: right. Yeah. So with that being said, I'm going to gear this towards you and Deidre. Um, you know, First Thessalonians tell us, tells us to live a holy life. Um, what would you say to those who are single and are struggling to live sexually pure, but they do, they want to honor God in that area, what what would y'all's advice be?
1: Create a very busy schedule.
0: <laughs> hey, come
1: <on>. Be busy and <laughs> be busy. Be <laughs> busy. By the time you get home, you're you're exhausted. You're tired. <laughs> you're tired. <laughs> be busy.
0: Deidre, what you got? What you got to say to this?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> we, talk, we talked
2: about that this morning, and we were like. That's our lives. We're, we're constantly busy. He's a teacher. I'm a nurse practitioner. So by the time we do get to see each other, we're too exhausted to even sometimes <laughs> just look at each other. We're just like, love you. Good night, babe. <laughs> so be busy because an idle mind, guys, whenever you have an idle mind, you always do the wrong things. Okay? So if you keep your mind busy and focus on doing the right things, then it will, he will lead you. You just have to trust and believe. He will guide you to the right path.
0: Good deal. Good deal. Pastor, All
1: right. Pastor Josh, yeah. also, if, if possible, not living together really helps.
0: Yes. Yes, and say that again.
1: If possible, and you're single and you're trying to stay pure and trying to do the right things, if possible, not living together helps because well, it am. gives you space. And when you put that busy schedule on top
0: of that. There you go. That's so good. All right. To the marrieds. Uh, Proverbs 5.18 says, let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Sixth grade love right over here. Okay, so how, how do you, I'll direct this to the Daigles first. How do you keep your passion hot for one another over the long call?
4: Don't do what they said. <laughs> don't be so busy that don't be you busy. don't know each other. And I quoted Pastor Bubba, I'm going to quote him again. David learned a long time ago, you can't bark all day and meow at night. <laughs> you get it? You can't be grumpy all day and expect your wife to be all lovey-dovey. Treat the girl nice. Show her affection. Love her. We need emotional love so much more than most guys do. So um, spend time together. We have a little sofa in our little house because we have no kids there and it's probably about that size and that's our little where we sit down at night and I need my sofa time with them.
0: Is it truly a love seat? It's a a
4: reclining love seat. Reclining love (laughs) seat? That's an it. Okay, listen.
0: That is way more. (laughs) Yeah.
3: The pros
0: mm. Good luck. so what you're saying is get a reclining love seat is what
3: did uh is Cody still here? <laughs> did he notice me scratching my ear excessively <laughs> He told me i 'll scratch my ear when i 'm nervous <laughs> anyhow, no, you still let the fire die down i mean what why would you do that? I mean, you have to keep it stoked come on and uh. It never, it never went out in our marriage. So, and that's a great testament of why we're still. It's
4: because uh, it's more than just yeah. sex, mm-hmm.
3: right? Yeah, yeah, because I mean, <clears throat> I told Anna something I wanted to share, but she said it might be a little too. But uh, yeah, because. <laughs> be- hey,
0: listen. This is the eleven o'clock service. They can handle. They can listen, handle. Might have to shut the TVs,
3: cameras listen, off. Listen, the world. The world has perverted. Sex to, I mean, yeah. to an amazing level. Um, and, and the reason I believe is, is, like I shared earlier, you don't counterfeit a $1 bill. You're going to c- counterfeit a high value. Yes. And, and that is such a vital part of, of uh, marriage. And, and what does the enemy do? want to do? He wants to prevent marriages from staying together. Yeah. Because when marriages stay together, uh, Jesus is lifted up. So the enemy is going to pervert it, blur it. Blur the lines so much so that uh, people don't don't even yeah. uh, know that it's really intimacy because uh, the the body slows down and all those all that good part of it things change but intimacy never stops.
0: That's good. It never yeah. stops growing. That's good. That's good. Massive.
6: So I, with our marriage, um, so I, I kind of had a different take. I figured, okay, I'm going to go be the breadwinner. You know, I had a preconceived notion about marriage and how things should act uh, in the bedroom or wherever, kind of almost like a routine, like a process. And it wasn't until, um, my, the definition of value for Alyssa changed is when I realized that we had no intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, when, when when we brought God into our relationship and he became the center i could see how much he valued her mm-hmm. and and that change in value for us i mean it was it brought on a it was just mm-hmm. it's different yeah. um, you're not going through the motions you you feel you feel a connection you have a true emotional connection mm-hmm. and you know that it's that it's it's God ordained mm-hmm. so um that's probably been one of the you know the main drivers for us and it's do you have anything to add? Mm-hmm.
0: So with that being said, one of the ways to stay emotionally connected is priorities. Absolutely. So we know, you know, people have kids and work and hobbies and just so many other things that, that can, you know, pull from our our time with one another. How does, how do you prioritize your relationships?
5: Okay, so I'll just give a fun, funny example. Stephen works offshore and... Um, I like to say that I'm selfish with my time with him. So, like, the day that he gets home, it's a fight over who's going to be next to him on the couch. And I always come first. Like, I get to snuggle first. I get to sit next to him first. Um, and that has been an example to our kids in in the priority of relationship. Like, we know God comes first, spouse, and then, then family. And uh, we've always made it a big point to either, um, like, Show that to our kids and our actions. He'll even say, "Hang on, I'm giving Mama a hug first. You know, it's the simple things like that that we uh, show priority. Or it'll we'll even tell them, like, "Oh, it was Mom and Dad before it. Y'all came along." You know, it's just fun ways. But but they know, um, like, if we're having a conversation, not to butt in. Like if it's something uh, we're doing. They see us, you know, they go stay at grandparents' house. We go on dates. Um, It's great now that they're in school because we can really do daytime dates. And that's the best thing for us. I think it's been really fun. And uh, whenever the pandemic came, you know, the whole thing, it it ruined our day dates. (laughs) (laughs) And we were so ready for school to start back (laughs) because that was just, that was a normal for us. So I think just having those, That mentality all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Even us as moms, we can tend to focus on our kids a lot more uh, when things are demanding. And there's, you know, we know that that's a part of God's calling in our life. I just think it's important to remember not to neglect your spouse in those moments. Like, even if it's just acknowledging, hey, I'm really busy with the kids right now. Can we sit a little bit later? Like, just acknowledge... They're there. Acknowledge they're important to you yeah, um, yeah. in everyday life.
0: That's good. And I would say the vice versa on the men's side. That's oh, a busy, busy work schedule. Work. To say, hey, this is a busy season, but we're going to make sure we, we set time. David, you yes. got some?
3: Yeah, I want to just add uh, a, a dead giveaway that your priorities weren't right in your marriage is when when you become empty nesters. It's it, uh, it's not party time. You know, I mean, it's like it should be a. Of time to get back with your spouse, not a time to, to, mourn or whatever. But I mean, if you're if you're not excited to be back by yourself with <laughs> like the, the most important one, then you grew apart some kind of way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna miss kids and all, but uh, it should be it should be party time after the kids are gone.
4: <laughs> Sofa, time. Sofa time. Sofa time. So
0: <laughs> come on, <laughs> reclining love seat time. Uh, so Stanley, what you got? Um, you are busy over there?
1: So. Yeah. Busy. <laughs> I leave when it's dark, I get home when it's dark. <laughs> uh, waking up at 4.30 a.m. Is, yeah. is is tough. Yeah. But uh, what I want to say as far as keeping uh, the relationship a priority, like even though we don't have a lot of time together, when we do get together, we have fun, we laugh, we create memories, we do active things together. Uh, and what the NASA's were saying, it made me think of a book that I read um, by Dr. Egrich, the last name is mm-hmm. Egrich, oh, yeah. a husband yeah. and Emerson. wife, and it's called Love and Respect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The love that she desperately needs, the respect that he deserves, a lot of times, even in our day-to-day communication, uh, we tend to get on what they term the crazy cycle. You know, like one person will do something that's perceived as disrespect to the man. He may in turn do something unknowingly or unwillingly, unintentionally, and that may sound like, you know, like he doesn't value her. He doesn't love her. She, she receives it as that's not love. He may receive her action as not respect. Mm. So then in response to feeling not respected, I respond in another way where she may feel unloved. Mm -hmm. And because she feels unloved, she responds in a way that I feel is disrespect. And there they term that the crazy cycle it just goes round and round and round until somebody acknowledges that, you know, hey, what are we doing or what have you. So uh, that's a great book for any relationship, whether you're single, whether you're dating, planning to be married or already married,
0: uh, that is a great resource. So we know that God's made all of us different. You said, said, what is it? What is it? Love and Respect. respect. The book's called Love and Respect. Um, So we know that we're different. Not only are men and women different, but even just personalities are different. We talked about this idea of like opposites attract one another and all of that. Um, What are ways, and this is for all of y'all, because y'all are all in in relationship together. What are ways that the other person is different than you? And how do you see that as a gift and not an annoyance? Maybe maybe say some things that the other person is different than you.
2: Stanley is, he's an observer for one, and he's a communicator, I'm not. I'm the laid back, I'm gonna sit back in the back, and I'm an observer too, but to a point. So a lot of times when there's miscommunication between the two of us, Stanley is the more logical thinker of it. He will sit back, he will analyze the situation, and then he'll say, hey, let's discuss, let's discuss what we just talked about. You know, what made this confusion come? So for me, that's a plus because it keeps me grounded. A lot of times, I'm not grounded, so I thank God for bringing this man back to me because he keeps me grounded. He keeps me solid. He allows me to look at the world in a whole different light. (laughs) So um, whenever you find that person that keeps you grounded and allows you to look at the world in a whole different perspective, that's a good man. Keep him. Don't run him away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to have you do a master class on how you get those stuff. Okay, so... Over here. Differences... Gifts versus annoyance. Okay.
4: Talk about
3: how I annoy you, love. <laughs> differences is what uh, is what drew me to to my wife. Um, she was quick to speak, and, and I was slow to speak. We talked about that earlier. But she was she was very loving. I mean, she was free with her with her love, where I was kind of more reserved. I mean, just just everything about her. Uh, the differences is what. Drew me to her, so and it's still true today. And I shared in the first service about uh, how the differences that we have—it's God by God's design. Because uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty-two in the in the CEV, whatever that version is, says uh, uh, a man has a great his man's greatest treasure is his wife, and it says God, um, how's it go? i forgot now. She's a gift from God. She's a Something gift like from that. God. So I thought about that when pj presented these questions how when god gives you a gift it's for something that you don't have so mm-hmm. he wouldn't give you a gift to annoy you he gives you that gift to use it in in your you know that's as good. you work together so that's i just good. thought about that
0: that's good
5: so for us um just to be kind of quick with it I am a big picture thinker. I see something that needs to be done or I want to have done. And um, I don't necessarily think about the way to get there. uh, But he is is that detailed person that thinks of every step and what could go wrong or what could go right. And so um, it used to get on my nerves a lot. It used to aggravate me a lot when I'd be like, why are you doing it this way? You know, Uh, but now I just learned to sit back and instead of. Put my two cents in. I ask questions to learn, and so that's been a cool thing. Is like I can see it done. He gets us there.
0: <laughs> hey, that is great. All right, so we know to wrap this up. Jesus is the glue that holds all of this together. You know, he's the one that dis- designed them. He's the one that gets to define them. What are ways that you keep Jesus at the center of your marriage, your home, your life? Um, let's, let's end there. Let's just talk about Jesus and just talk about how he's the glue of all this. So, Any thoughts on that? How do you keep him at the center?
4: Well, we were married 16 years, and then we gave our, our lives to Jesus. So from that point on, we did every marriage conference, every class, every life group. We've gone to so many things. And people would sometimes, oh, I know one guy asked David, oh, y'all having trouble? You're going to a marriage conference he said no we're just going to learn so we realized talking this stuff out that we have pursued it Mm -hmm. to make it uh, better because you will learn so much more at life group than at church because Mm -hmm. you have people sharing different situations and then you get to talk with your spouse and so i would highly recommend that you got you have to pursue learning each other and how god says is the right way that's good
6: with us, it's, um, we, we just acknowledge Jesus in our lives on a daily basis. Uh, whether it's finding that 10 millimeter socket that was lost, oh, thank you, Jesus. Or uh, <laughs> mechanics in the house know where I'm going. With it. <laughs> or, you know, just if a blessing comes across, just recognizing and praising God for the small miracles in life that become a normalcy that the world shows could be a coincidence or Mm -hmm. you know has programmed for us to not notice Mm -hmm. but we know i mean god god's got his hand in every part of our lives it's not just on sundays and uh recognizing that and just applying that to life having conversations about you know ministry and Mm -hmm. our personal walks and stuff like that that's kind of if you recognize jesus in the big things he'll you'll certainly recognize him the other way around. Small things and the big things. Mm-hmm.
1: Good. So. Good. We, uh, we keep God in the center. Um, we, we talk about God. We talk about our Bibles. We read our Bibles. We are involved in groups. Um, I lead a men's group. Um, she's in a women's group. But we try to keep God as the center. And um, I think the golden rule, you know, people always say treat people how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. It's not the golden rule. It's the God rule. That's Come in Luke on. 6. Come God's word said to treat others the way you want to be treated. The world didn't give us that. So we just try to keep that at the center and try to let God guide us. We pray a lot. We pray together. We pray for each other. We pray for our families. And for us, um, we try to make sure that we model what a healthy relationship looks like Mm. so that our kids can see what mm-hmm. that looks like
0: mm-hmm. that's, good. that's so good. That's good well let's do that let's end today praying you know, I, I think i can't think of a better way for us to end this in this service but also in this series by just praying so stanley i'm gonna actually ask you if you would mind praying for those that are single in here um and then uh david i'm gonna have you pray for for married couples in here and let's let's do that so why don't you bow your heads let's, let's pray as we close out this service today. let us
1: pray <laughs> dear god we love you We thank you for every single person, Lord. We thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. Father, for those single men and women who are in a relationship with you, Father, and they want to pursue relationships to the next level by finding a mate, or just praying for the mate that they have or the, the partner that they have, Lord. We just want to lift them up, God. We want to lift them up to where you stay at the center of their lives, at their hearts. We wanna lift them up, Lord, that they seek you in all things, that they seek you first before making decisions. And Father God, once they continue to grow in you and they, they take even the next step into marriage, Father, we just ask you to bless them. We ask you to give them wisdom and guidance. We ask you to give them spiritual and godly counsel and put people in their lives, God, that can pour into them and that they can go to for support and for leadership. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Father, what, a, what an awesome opportunity to be able to, to share with other couples, Lord, the, the, the nuggets that you've given us, Father. I thank you that you've modeled the love that we're, we're to follow and you, you didn't tell us to follow you if you wouldn't give us the, the power to do that, Father. So we thank you for your Holy Spirit, Father, that guides us and directs us and gives us the strength, Lord, to love each other like you tell us to. And we thank you for the, the, the men and women in here that have chosen marriage, Father. Pray that, I pray that they would know that they don't fall out of love, Father. They just stop doing the things that draw them together and help them to know that there's never, never a marriage that can't be salvaged, Father. We thank you for your love that, that just continues on and gives us the strength. And uh, I thank you for PJ offering his time. Uh, pray blessings over everybody in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we give it up for all those today?